This is Raynor's podcast, The Creative Mindset. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Creative Mindset, a podcast about what the future holds at the intersection of creativity and technology. I am Ray Nomoto, the founding partner of IANCO, a global innovation firm based in New York and Tokyo. We have a new type of episode today called AMA Ask Me Anything, where we answer questions from our listeners. But what we would like to do differently with this episode is instead of just answering them by myself, we invite them to be on our show and make that into an open conversation. The very first guest of this segment is Corinne O'Keefe. To give a little background and to be transparent, she is an old colleague of mine from AKQA from years and years ago. Since she left AKQA, she went to a creative agency called Analog Folk, where she stayed, I believe, for seven or eight years or so, working her way up to executive creative director. She was most recently based in Amsterdam, and just a couple of months ago, she got recruited by a company called Digitas in the UK, where she took on the role of the chief creative officer. A few months ago, in between jobs, she reached out to me and wanted to get my advice on being a chief creative officer. She's spent at least a decade in the creative industry and she's gone through different ranks, but this is the first time that she's going to be serving as a chief creative officer. When she and I worked at AKQA, I was her chief creative officer and she was working at the New York office where I had moved from San Francisco to also be the executive creative director of that office. And I remember working with her from time to time and seeing how special talent she had as a young copywriter. And I remember telling the creative director who was managing at the time that, hey, you know, we should watch her because I think she's going to go somewhere. Years later, that came true, and I'm so proud to hear that she's taking this role as the chief credit officer. I was really surprised to hear from her randomly, but I'm super pleased to share this conversation with Corinne based on the kind of impression, the first impression that I had from her years ago, and the fact that she's becoming this really established leader in a completely different environment. So, let's get started. Ask me anything. Recently, Corinne、uh, just reached out to me completely out of the blue, I think.、Um, and、uh, just for the context for the, the listeners, if you could give a quick introduction about yourself, and then if I think if you miss anything, I'll chime in to give a bit more color. Uh, in terms of your, your illustrious and, and, and successful career that you've had? Well, we first met when I was an associate copywriter at AKQA in New York. I remember I'd started there right before you had moved over from San Francisco. And I had been at AKQA, I was in New York, and then I went to Portland. Worked my way up to associate creative director. And then I actually left there to go help open the Analog Folk Portland office where we had Nike as our first flagship 
uh, clients. And I was overseeing creative there both in Portland and New York until about three years ago when I relocated to Amsterdam, where I helped open the office here to help the agency expand both the Nike relationship globally, but also into a new market. Spent eight years um, at Analog Folk after we had worked together for almost six um, and now I'm in a transition period where I'm actually stepping into a chief creative officer role at Digitas UK in London. Uh, and so I was sort of in this transition mindset and I was thinking about kind of how do I prepare sort of at this moment of transition, not just role, but also, you know, been with analog folk for a very long time. It's been an incredible experience. But um, so as I was preparing for this sort of transition mindset, I was thinking about who I could reach out to. I think there's this false assumption that we only seek sort of advice when we are at more junior levels of our career. And I don't believe in that. I think one thing I've really tried to do with my creative leadership is model what I say and model what I believe. And that's asking for help is a strength, not a weakness. And so when I was thinking about who to reach out to, I thought, who better to reach out to than Ray, who I haven't spoken to in almost a decade, yes. but was was in this position that I'm about to step into and obviously is a legend, has been across uh, this role in several capacities and several companies. And so I thought that I would reach out and see what was up. Yeah, that's right. So here we are. Um, to give additional color um, about your career, so it was more than, what, close to 15 years ago, I guess, that we met, or uh, 12, 13 years ago that we met. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, uh, I was at this agency called AKQA. And was that your first job um, in the creative industry? Yeah, it was my first job right out of school. And uh, I do remember, you know, various things that we worked on, either directly or indirectly together. And um, I don't know if I ever told you, I hope I, I did, you know, you were definitely a uh, star that, uh, that, I, that I witnessed. So I'm, I'm glad that, um, that we are in touch again. And then, you know, I didn't really do anything for your career. You know, everything else uh, was the hard work and um, different chances and different, um, uh, some perhaps risks that you've taken, you know, moving away from New York to Portland, which is a much, much smaller market. Than, than New York, and then going from there to Amsterdam, uh, which is a foreign market for you, and then now uh, stepping into uh, to a different market, into a bigger, bigger role. So kudos to you for um, having the, the the mentality to seek new challenges on your own, as opposed to feeling comfortable and um, you know feeling comfortable and just being in, in one sort of static uh, static place. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think what, when you uh, when I reached out to you, sort of just kind of about connecting and talking about your experience, you brought up doing this podcast, and uh, I believe I told you my first instinct was absolutely not. No way do I want to do that. That's uh, right. It made me really uncomfortable. But then <laughs> my second thought was that's exactly why I should do it because. I really think the things that make us uncomfortable are the things that are our biggest catalyst for growth. Uh, and I, so I, I'm glad that I did. And I, I also think, thank you for saying all that. Um, but one of the other reasons I did reach out to you is obviously I think none of us should sell ourselves short in terms of the influence we have on people around us. The analogy I gave you was, uh, I, one of my favorite Super Bowl halftime shows recently was the, the Dr. Dre one a few years ago. And it was because the whole show was the house that Dre built and it was all these incredible musicians that they had brought together that he had influenced, whether he had collaborated with them or saw potential in them. And we all have these spheres of influence 
influence. And I think I said to you, you're like the Japanese Dr. Dre of digital where you have these spheres and we do, we influence everyone above us, below us, beside us throughout our career. And, and obviously a decade later, that influence continues on. I, I think this is the first time ever that I've been compared to Dr. Dre and I will take it. I like it, I will take it. <laughs> So thank you for saying that. There are worse people to be compared to. Yes, yes. <laughs> so welcome. thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so yeah, just let's get into it. Ask me, uh, ask me questions. Yeah. So like I said, I, I'm just looking for your experience. I think you go from in your career in the beginning, you're looking for instruction. And then as we evolve, you're looking for perspective and sort of things that you can draw from what other people have gone through. And so just to start with something a little more general to you, what do you think is the single most important role that a chief creative officer plays in the agency, among the creative team, and really for the industry at large? Um, again, just to give some context uh, for the listeners who might not be familiar with the title structure of uh, of the creative department and the, the, the creative uh, agency landscape, uh, typically from the entry level, you start as a copywriter like you did. Uh, I started as a designer. Uh, in some cases, you know, art director is another title that, uh, especially in, in the, the the advertising industry, you know, copywriters and art directors are more. Um, usual creative path that people would take and then they you know we go from uh, junior associate level to mid-level to senior level copywriters art directors and designers um and uh, i assume the the path that you've the steps that, that you've taken uh were associate creative director uh creative director in some cases there might be like group creative director you know different levels of creative directors in between but usually you Go from a, a creative, meaning that you're the person who's making things, you know, who's hands-on, coming up with ideas and crafting uh, uh, copy, crafting design, crafting uh, the visuals. Uh, and then you step into a more managerial slash um, uh, leadership role or becoming an associate creative director, creative director. Uh, and then uh, most recently, you uh, you have been the, the executive creative director uh, of the, the agency, correct? Yes. Well, for the past sort of seven years. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So executive creative director uh, is typically... Uh, close to the, the top of the, the food chain. And a lot of people do get to that level as, as people gain experience. Uh, and then some of us uh, would step into, uh, I guess, the holy grail of the chief creative uh, officer position. When I was at AKQA, when I, by the time I left, I was the, the uh, chief creative officer uh, globally. Uh, some companies do have chief, chief creative officers based on the region or you know uh, country or, or, or on an office and then the, the role that you're stepping into is that a, a country or region specific uh, chief creative officer role or is it global it's uh local 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 again just for the context of uh, the listeners you know this is the steps that people um go into and um, single most important thing for a chief creative officer i would say this is the first word that uh, that came to my mind uh, is humility. Yeah. Yeah. Humility. And for me, there were two uh, big steps that I had to take. Uh, the first big step was going from a creative director uh, to an executive creative director. And in my case, um, I became an executive creative director of a given office that was in, the, in this case, in San Francisco, and it was a few hundred people. You know, but, uh, that office was already like 300 people. And in the creative department, I believe was 
uh, close to 100 people. So it was, again, you know, it was a fairly uh, decent size. And that step of going from a creative director to becoming the executive creative director of a given office was one very big step that I didn't realize how big of a step that was. And then the next big step was going from um, going from the ECD executive creative director position to the chief creative officer role of uh, of AKQA. And it, the first time that I stepped into that role, um, beside besides me, there was um, another person, James Hilton, who was um, uh, chief creative officer for Europe. And I was, yeah, I was, uh, I stepped into that role for the US and uh, and Asia. Yeah, and. I had to represent people that I um, had never met. Interesting, yeah. And up until then, yeah, up until then, I was representing or I was stepping into a leadership position of people that I knew uh, either directly or even if I didn't know directly, I, I, I could see them physically in the same environment, yeah. you know. But going from that to... Uh, to the chief creative officer uh, role, all of a sudden, I was representing people who were in different offices or you know people that I didn't know. Uh, actually, when I became chief creative officer, I think I was in my mid-30s, which I think in hindsight, I was probably too young to step into the role anyway. You know, I probably by that point had 12, 13, close to 15 years of, ex, uh, of experience. But still, you know, there were a lot of things that I didn't know. And there were a lot of things that, uh, that I hadn't, um, that I hadn't done. And perhaps due to the lack of my experience that I tried to overcompensate my uh, lack of experience with like confidence and, uh, you know, very strong decisions. Yeah. And I did those things without uh, hearing people out, without uh, understanding the the situation well enough, and then it backfired. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, um, and that that I, I think was the the biggest, um, at least at least initial lesson for for a chief creative officer, and. Um, that's, that's the kind of mentality that I think I kept being in that role throughout, at least my career at, uh, at AKQA and even, even, even now to some extent as well. But, um, getting rid of the assumption and ha- having that humility, um, as a, as a leader and as a creative, uh, creative leader to, I, I guess to, to have respect for people that I work with. Yeah. One thing I've seen over the course of my career, and this is a really good reminder for me, is that when we do feel out of our element, we feel like we have to put these masks up and not be true to ourselves. And one thing that I've also found is that the assumption for us as creative leaders is that we have to have all the answers, especially at the top, top role, um, which is likely the pressure that we feel. Um, But we don't have all the answers. We're not doing math. There's not a one correct answer. Um, So I love the idea of listening to the people around you, because I think one thing that is slightly different about sort of my sort of path up versus some other people is that, you know, when I left AKQA, I I opened the Analog Folk office. So it was just me on my couch for the first three months. 
Um, and even throughout the rest of it, while my title has been executive creative director, we actually don't have a chief creative officer. So I have been at the top without any sort of guidance above me. And so I've been flexing for a long time, both up and down in terms of being able to help um, sort of having meetings with CMOs and working within the industry and top leaders, but then also on the ground, sort of working with the team to create the work. I think the shift for me is really going to be what you just said around the people I don't know. Somebody made a joke about people are going to see you in the elevator and be like, oh, it's our new CCO. And I was like, that's crazy to me, given who I really am. And so it's, it's one of those questions, like based off that, as you stepped into these new sort of roles and sort of transitioned from either company or, as you said, you kind of flexed into different CCO roles, even when you were at KQA. And now, obviously, at IONCO, I'm sure that's been very different. You kind of touched on the idea of leadership at different sizes a little bit, but can you unpack that a little bit more? Like, what what has your experience been like when you step into either an existing culture versus one that you're building yourself and how that ranges and things like having to shift from direct management, which is what I think you get at a smaller place, to indirect management, which is kind of what you're talking about in terms of having to work with people who you, you might not necessarily know directly? Yeah, um, the next um, aspect of being a CCO that was, I think, useful uh, down the line and something that made a big difference when I wasn't working. So being a CCO, um, because you are a, represent a representative in many ways, you know, you're a representative of a group of people, you are representative of uh, the given office that you're working uh, working for, and you're representative of the company uh, that you belong to as one of the top senior leaders of that of that company. Um, so, unlike the the previous positions that you know I've had and that you've had, you are less and less working directly with the team members. But one of the things that um, that I did very consciously one year, and I don't know if I ever told you this story, but as I stepped in uh, to to that role, um, I was a newly promoted CCO. I was making you know a cup of coffee in the in the in the kitchen. This is in San Francisco, and there was another person that I didn't recognize. Uh, you know, young person. And I asked him, oh, you know, uh, I'm Ray, you know, what, uh, are you, are you new at AKQA? And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm new. Uh, and I, I asked him, oh, you know, what do you do? And he goes, I'm a copywriter. And he goes to me, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, you don't know who I am. You know, like, I'm your boss's boss's boss, probably. Not, not to be too, uh, arrogant, but, you know, there were multiple levels between that young individual and, you know, I was still pretty young, but there were multiple levels in between. And, uh, at first I was like, I was a little taken aback that you just started at AKQA. You probably should know me, you know? And then, but then, I thought about it. Well, you know what? It's maybe it's on me to like I, I'm not doing enough to let people know who who I am and what I do. At least in the con you know in that environment, you know. So maybe you know it's not his fault. Like I'm not doing enough to make myself visible. Right. Right. So I said, okay, every month. I'm going to make a point of talking to everybody in the creative department at least once, even if it's like a three-minute chit-chat. 
I, I, it's probably the second biggest thing that had made the most profound um, positive impact as a leader. And the second uh, um, aspect that I would, now that I'm talking about it and thinking about it out loud with you, is visibility. Having that kind of visibility uh, on a regular basis, even if it's you know as quick as a couple of minutes, made a big difference in a, on a personal level. I would just say I love that so much for so many reasons. And you probably don't remember this. Um, I don't know if it was the same story or a different time, but when I my first week my first week at AKQA in New York, again, first job right out of college, uh, a similar thing had happened with somebody in the kitchen there. And I believe you were visiting from San Francisco at the time. You hadn't moved over yet. Uh, and somebody asked you what you did and you just responded, designer. <sighs> And not in an arrogant way, not in a like taking the piss way, but in a way where you're just like designer um, and we walked away. And then I was at a table with uh, some interns and people and they're like, oh my God, he didn't know who Ray was. And it was like this whole thing. Um, but I remember very early on in that having one being like, okay, I need to know who Ray is. Number two, very, very much like having interactions with you, like these small micro interactions that you're saying, which I think really did have a difference in terms of how comfortable I felt, especially when you said I had the opportunity to work directly with you quite a lot. And what I love about that is I feel like some people, a lot of people might feel it's the team's responsibility to know who I am as opposed to shifting it and be, it's my responsibility to introduce myself to the team, to make myself feel visible. So they feel comfortable in knowing who I am, as opposed to it being sort of this, you know, thing. Um, so that's quite funny. I really like that. I, I think leadership, you know, you, again, your question about leadership at scale is something that technology allows you to do it because of these tools, these tools that we have. But also, I think what, what we as leaders have to be careful about is to not rely on technology to create those connections and really make an effort to reach out to individuals on one-on-one -on -one basis as much as possible. And it's, on the, it's not uh, the responsibility of the individuals. I, I think it's a responsibility of the leader to make an effort to reach out to individuals, uh, even if it's, you know, 50 people, 100 people, if you can make, and you don't have to do it every week because it's not possible, but if you make an effort to do it over time, that you have uh, a connection, you know, with, uh, with individuals separately. Yeah. And uh, I think the the trick for leadership at scale is how personal can you make that relationship with individuals? Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. And what I'm taking both from sort of critical role of CCO plus sort of regardless of level or scale or existing culture versus building culture is connections, human one-to-one -one connections and figuring out different ways to be able to do that in a genuine way and an authentic way, as opposed to allowing things like technology to become a crutch where while we, it is a connection, it's not that sort of more deeper, genuine way where you are building, I guess, this comfortability level, which is necessary to build trust. 
That was the first installment of AMA, Ask Me Anything, where I answered a question from our audience. The question came from an old colleague of mine, Corinne, and she's somebody who's stepping in to the chief creative officer role for the first time. I've spent years being in that role, and I have to say that I failed many, many times. And at the time, I was so embarrassed of making those mistakes. However, looking back at them now, they do make me cringe. But the fact that, that I went through those failures and mistakes have made me a better leader. I hope, I hope to think that I was a better leader because of those mistakes. The first point that I made to Corinne was humility. The episode that I shared with her was way back when, when I was growing as a manager and as a leader, one of the most useful and meaningful things that I think I was able to do was to talk to everybody in the department, even if it's three minutes or less every couple weeks or so. I shared with her the effort that I made for more than a year when I used to go around the office multiple floors and stop by at everybody's desk to have essentially a chit chat with each person. And to this day, I think that was the most effective and the best leadership efforts that I made over the years. Eventually, I went from managing one office and 50, 60, even 100 people to managing the creative departments of multiple offices, some of them directly and some of them indirectly. And I would travel to different offices trying to see what they were working on, trying to help where they may be struggling. But one of the, the habits that I tried to repeat everywhere I went was to talk to the individual individuals one-on-one, even if it's only a minute, and make myself available uh, to them and let them know either directly or indirectly that I'm as accessible as anybody can be, even if I were on the other side of the world, quite literally. Corinne going into this role for, the, her, for her first time, and I, I think she's managing a couple of hundred people, so it's difficult for her to get to know everybody, but letting people know that she's accessible and she can be a regular human being just like anybody else, I think would go a long way. I knew Corinne when she was a young copywriter more than 10 years ago in New York. She since then moved to Portland, Amsterdam, now in London. And I'm so proud of the achievement that she's made as not just as a creative, but as a creative leader. And I wish her nothing but the best of luck. And I'm sure she will do an amazing job. That was part one of this new segment, AMA, Ask Me Anything, where I answer questions from my listeners. Part two is a continuation of my conversation with Corinne, and we go into even more specifics of the role of a creative leader, so stay tuned. I'm Ray Namoto, and this is The Creative Mindset. See you next time.